Well, good morning, Trinity Cathedral. It is beyond a joy and a privilege to be amongst you to serve during your season of transition. I'm grateful to the chapter and the bishop for having invited me to walk with you. You are now my fourth congregation that I've served in their transitional time. Most recently, I got to be ecumenical, serving a marvelous small congregation called Gloria Christi Federated Church, a community of ELCA Lutheran and PCUSA Presbyterians who had been neighbors uh, in Paradise Valley. Their congregations had declined in the pandemic and they decided to join forces. It's a great, uh, great example of working together. So uh, it was a delight to be with them for the fall, uh, and I'm glad to be back amongst the tradition I love. I am, after all, a lifelong Episcopalian, baptized in Lake City, Minnesota in the late 1970s, and from there, church has always been a part of my life. I went to church summer camp. I was part of Teens Encounter Christ Youth Retreats. I was part of the University Episcopal Center at the University of Minnesota, where I studied theater and even worked as a parish secretary while I discerned priesthood through St. Mark's Cathedral in Minneapolis. I was ordained in 2006 after attending General Seminary right here in Arizona at St. Barnabas out in Scottsdale, where I then spent 14 years as the senior associate priest and chief of staff. It was there that I learned strategic parish development and staff management and all sorts of intentional leadership practices which I've taken into each of my interim roles and will apply here as well. The task of transition time after a leader has departed is multifold. We are meant to strike a balance between continuing forward as is and striving toward what needs to be next. We will look to strengthen systems and protocols through our ministries and business models, examine what needs new eyes and increased attention, and also make room for the journey that is change, loss, and grief. It is deeply intentional to have this transitional time, this liminal in-between space before a search begins in earnest. Dean Troy has been a faithful and loving pastor to this flock. And we need room to experience this place in his absence, heal from that loss, and then look ahead to our next preferred future. So it feels fortuitous and tidy even for us to begin this new walk together as the season of Lent is beginning. This is, after all, the season meant for self-examination, for prayer, meditation, contemplation, all in an effort to draw closer to God. We're also invited to look at the things that get in the way of that closeness with God, things we might call temptations, then to repent of those things and therefore find our relationship with God also deepened and strengthened. All of these pieces are central to a transition season as well, so learning more about how to lean into our prayers and practices in a season of uncertainty will inevitably serve us well. As someone who spent the majority of her ministry studying what I like to call relational theology, Lent and transitions are the seasons where I believe things have the chance to get most interesting. Relational theology being the realm in which we examine our relationships with God, God's relationships with us, 
and our relationships with each other. What is it about us as humans that makes it so hard for us to love each other well, to feel and experience God's love, to understand one another? What do we need to do as humans to lean toward the more courageous love of Jesus and out of the fears that the world tries to insist upon as more important? So Lent is this marvelous season of getting to dig in and ask those questions. And a season of transition is also a time when such things are brought out and examined. How are our relationships with each other and God right here at Trinity? How would we like to love each other better, to understand each other more deeply? What is the next courageous step in following Jesus here in this community? We get to ask these questions with great intention at both the meta level about all of us as a community, but also in the quiet parts of our own hearts as well. We ask these questions, we dig into our hearts to examine ourselves because, as the Collect of the Day said this morning, it's true, we are assaulted by so many temptations, and we need God to come quickly to help us. And when we do call upon God Almighty, we want to know, we want to remember and to feel that indeed God is mighty to save, even in our weakness especially in our weakness. Jesus, too, needed God to be quick and mighty. Jesus needed to know and remember and to feel that God was mighty to save. Though, if you blinked during the gospel reading today, you might have missed it altogether. As you might recall, we are in the year B of our lectionary cycle. B is the year of the gospel of Mark. Matthew is in year A, Mark for B, and Luke for C. John sort of does his own thing, so he just gets sprinkled throughout all of them. But the thing about year B, the thing about Mark, is that Mark says in a short 16 chapters what Luke likes to say in 24 longer chapters. Mark is Mr. Brevity, Mr. Immediately. Immediately this happens, immediately that happens. Today is no exception. As soon as Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan, the heavens split open, the voice of God declared the action of the baptism pleasing, and Mark tells us, and the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. That is the sum total of Mark's comments on what we base the whole season of Lent on. Two verses. Luckily, Mark's brethren give us a touch more. Matthew gives us 11 verses. Luke gives us 13. They flesh out the experience and the temptations that Jesus faced there. Power, control, security, all temptations that Jesus encountered. But regardless of which gospeler we're reading from, our Lenten season is based on Jesus being driven into this wilderness for 40 days, being tempted again and again, and repeatedly finding God strong enough in his own spirit that he could persevere in living his own values and denying the temptations laid before him. We too will face temptations during this season of transition at Trinity. Maybe they too 
will look like the temptations of power or control or security. We'll feel tempted to race ahead and just get this search done. We'll feel tempted to ignore the feelings that might come up because they can be a little uncomfortable. Some of us will feel tempted to want everything to stay exactly the same, and some of us will feel tempted to want to change everything. Whatever it might be for you, I want to tell you in advance, no judgment. I will never pretend to you that transition time is easy time. And we have some significant challenges ahead of us that we'll need to manage together. So it's only human to go through a whole range of feelings and needs and worries and hopes in this time. So we'll let ourselves be human. And we'll let others be human too. And we'll do our best to be gracious and generous with each other on the journey. As for you and me and how we'll do together in this time, I will ask for your trust and your partnership starting today so that we can build together toward our goals and hopes. I'll ask for your good humor and your transparency too so if toes get trod upon, we quickly just talk about it and move forward. But most of all, starting today, I'll ask for even more than usual of your faithfulness and your prayers. You've chosen this community to be where you want to grow toward God through Jesus. It's thrilling that you've chosen to be here, and I can't wait to hear your stories of what inspires you in this community. So keep showing up faithfully. Keep serving faithfully. Many hands make light work, and we have a good handful of ministries that need some renewed care and attention post-pandemic. As you hear more about those needs, start discerning where you could share even an hour or two a week. You, your heart, your gifts, they're all right here at Trinity right now for a reason. And if we put all of our hearts and all of our gifts together, facing the same direction, linking arms, and pressing forward toward becoming more like the kingdom of God, Friends, there's nothing we're not going to be able to do together. And in the meantime, lastly, and most importantly, pray. Whether that's praying together with some of us on Wednesday evenings during Lent, whether that's singing hymns out loud in the car while you commute, whether that's just chatting with Jesus while you're washing the dishes, be in prayer. Hold this community today and tomorrow in your prayers. Let God give you what you need to walk through this transition time with hope and with trust so that when the temptations are coming at you that want you to fall into darker places, you have the fortitude to move back into the hope and helpfulness that prayer encourages. And maybe, maybe your prayers will even strengthen you enough that you'll have some hope and trust to lend to someone else who might be struggling on their path. You can serve as the angel in the wilderness serving someone else's journey. Through you, they too may find God mighty to save. So let us go forward together, dear ones, and a blessed Lent to you. Amen.